1: This is Mark Treichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. I'm excited to have Vin Vieten back. Vin's been on two times before, and today we are going to be talking about commercial loans and how to manage risk and how that relates to some resources out there that NCUA provides relative to understanding how NCUA expects you to manage risk. Vin, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me.
1: You got it. Glad you're back. And, Vin, for those of our listeners who may not have heard your two previous podcasts, could you tell them a little bit about yourself and what you've done in the world of commercial lending?
0: Sure. I retired from the agency in February of 2021. And I had worked for the agency for 11 years as a senior credit specialist. But prior to that, I had practical in the field experience as a commercial lender working in the banking industry in New England primarily started out as a commercial lender. And then I had the opportunity to start commercial loan departments in two community banks and was senior lender at two banks. During that time, I also worked for working in banking in the nineties. I had the opportunity to work for some large banks as the banks I worked for got taken over. So I got exposed to some pretty good credit systems. And then finally, I had the opportunity to work for one of my borrowers who had ready mixed concrete company with about three hundred employees. So that gave me another perspective from the borrower. So I'd like to say I was on all three sides of the desk. I was a lender, a borrower, and then also a regulator. So it was uh, I really appreciated the ten years I had at NCAA because it allowed me to share what I had learned over the years with credit unions, and it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, Vin, it was uh, great working with you at NCUA when we were both there, and you played a major role in the last rewrite of the regulation. Some of the key language and the key changes there are recommendations that you made and you wrote up that made it into the final rule. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and some other things here today. But So let's have a philosophical discussion on the expectations of credit unions in managing risk, which was highlighted in this new rule that I just referred right. to. So Vin... What are your thoughts relative to that?
0: Well, it was interesting when I had worked for NCOA for about two or three years prior to us being involved with amending and actually it was a full rewrite of the rule. And during that period of time, I got a sense for how credit unions looked at commercial lending. And what we found was there was too much focus on regulation and not enough on risk, The previous rule, when written at the time, which I think was in the late 90s, I forget what year, credit unions and the agencies didn't have a lot of experience in making commercial loans. Therefore, the rule was very, very prescriptive. You will do this. We had LTV restrictions. You needed to get waivers, which was very cumbersome. But what we had realized when we rewrote this rule in about 2015 was both the agency and credit unions had progressed. So now it was time to change the rule from being very prescriptive to principles-based. So the new rule is, focuses on principles of commercial lending. In fact, the name of the rule changed from just member business loans, MBLs, member business loans and commercial lending. And the reason why we added commercial lending was because although we call them in the credit union world, MBLs, they're actually commercial loans, and they're which means credit union should be considering commercial loan risk. And there's accepted policies and process and expected policies and process for commercial loans that would then allow us to more focus on managing risk appropriately, as opposed to following a reg.
1: Got it. And so one of the examples you gave was like loan to value. I believe it may have been 80% in the old regulation, yes. if yep. I'm not mistaken. So and your reference to a waiver if a credit union wanted to do something over 80% they needed to come into NCUA and get a waiver for that and now they can write their policy so that they can have different requirements relative to what the LTV is and that can be based on the many qualitative factors i think that you're referring to do i have
0: that right yeah that's correct and again fun part of commercial lending is every borrower is different so you need to take some time and understand that borrower and in some cases LTV is too risky based on the quality of the bar. In other cases, you can obviously go above that and feel comfortable, especially if there's a lot of equity built into the business. And those are the things that need to be considered. Although there was waivers available for that and some other provisions, the amount of effort that went into first from the credit union and then the agency was not helping anybody. So by changing it to principles-based, it relieved that. And I think one thing I want to point out and I've said this before, I think, in other podcasts, credit union world is in business for one reason, their member, and, you know, to say it simply, and you can't really provide appropriate service to a commercial borrower unless you take that time to fully understand that borrower so that you can structure the loans correctly. And if you read through the preamble, which we'll talk about in a little bit of the new rule, that's where the focus is. It's not doing it, don't analyze risk for the sake of the agency, but analyze the risk, which means understand the borrower's abilities, financial abilities, so that you, and needs, financial needs, so that you can structure a loan appropriately for that borrower. I always felt my job as a lender is, I'm one of the team that the professionals that commercial borrowers rely on. One being their accountant, the other being their attorney. But I was the financing expert so that my, I felt obligated to the borrower and also to not only protect the bank, but provide the correct financing for the borrower. You know, once a year, I always thought it was a great service, the annual review of a borrower. Once a year, that borrower gets for free, well, interest rate, a review of their business by a financial expert. So I think it's important that credit unions take the time to fully understand the financials of the borrower and have an open, honest, and respectful conversation about the quality of that business. And like I said, I've always felt that was a incredible va- value-added service for free to have a financial expert do a thorough review of that business.
1: Sure. Financial education for commercial yep. lending is equally yep. as important. As it is for consumer financial education. And as you've said, I think in other podcasts, those businesses support a lot of people, support a lot of families. So for them to succeed is good
0: for the community. Right. And I think it's, you're obligated as a lender to fully understand that business. And I remember as I was competing for deals, you'd hear that the bank down the street wasn't asking for the same information I was asking for. And it always, I thought, you know, for years I'd say, oh, well, This is what we need. And then I finally realized what I needed to say to them is, why are you doing business with them? Here I am. I'm not asking for this information to make it difficult. I'm asking for this information so I can provide you the best service. And that did resonate with individuals who are good businessmen. They realized and appreciated the fact that this is a significant relationship, borrowing money, and that they appreciated the fact that I wanted to do it right for them.
1: Very good. And I'm going to touch on one thing on waivers before we jump into the NCUA resources to manage commercial lending risk. The whole waiver concept before I left NCUA a couple of years ago, we got rid of all of those waivers because they were, they basically took judgment out of the process for the credit union, made them put in big packages, whether it was a fixed asset waiver or a commercial loan waiver. And then that ate up time in the regional offices and going to more of a principle based approach to regulations. We've pulled all those waiver actions out, NCUA has pulled out all of those waiver options and converted them into principle-based rules, which I think was a big step forward for NCUA over the last several years. All right. So NCUA resources to manage commercial lending risk. There's resources out there, Vin, that NCUA has that not every credit union may be aware of, and we're going to walk through those. So which resource would you like to speak
0: to first? Well, I think the first resource is the actual preamble and proposed rule that was issued in July of 2015. It's important to understand the difference between the preamble and the rule. I think we sometimes get focused on, I remember hearing often, where does it say that? Well, hopefully we're not saying where does that say that anymore, but we're supporting the reasons why, first identifying the risk and then supporting the reasons why it's an acceptable risk. So, that first preamble and rule, proposed rule, was issued in 2015 and went out for comment. And then the final rule that was issued in 2016 reacted to those comments. But what's important is the rule text was written. The rule text is the law which is you're required to follow, which the credit union is required to follow. But the preamble explains really what is the expectations are under that rule. So what you'll find if you read through the preamble of the proposed rule that won the 2015, that the philosophy and expectations for credit unions under that new rule, it explains how you use a credit risk rating system. It explains in depth the responsibilities of the board. And One of the things we tried to do with the new rule was get away from the NCUA determining the level of risk in the credit unions, but had focused on the credit union's responsibility to know that level of risk and from the lender all the way up to the board. And of course, on the board, it wasn't the individual credits, but the overall risk in the portfolio. And with that new rule, we added the requirement of a credit risk rating system. And we had found anecdotally, probably about 80% of credit unions had been using risk rating systems and so it wasn't a large request, as most credit unions were already doing it, and they would just fine-tune it. So, but that preamble, take some time to read it if you're questioning, you know, what exactly is NCUA looking for under the rule? You may find that answer in that preamble. And then the final rule, which was issued in 2016, in February of 2016, again, read that preamble, but that's mostly explaining what concerns were of the stakeholders through the comment period and our response to that. And there's still some good support in that. And the one reason, I do want to point this out, because often you hear, well, that's the proposed rule, so that preamble doesn't mean anything. Well, in this case, the good news was, overall, there was acceptance of the proposed rule, so there was not many much change to the final rule, no real material change, which means the proposed rule preamble is very important to understand.
1: So, Ben, you just, as you were describing this, I came up with an analogy in my head. It may be a good one. It may be a bad one, but I'm going to go with it. So every play in every movie has three acts. And I would consider the preamble to a proposed rule as the first act, the preamble to the final rule as the second act, and the actual regulation itself as the third act. And if you only watch the last third of a movie, or you only come in and watch the last third of a play, you're not going to understand how we got there. And those two preambles both contribute to the play or the movie, if you will. And anyway, so that's my new analogy for preambles and final regulations. But I think you can really see the intent of the board and why something got built the way it did. And it's very important to read that and
0: understand that. That's a good analogy, Mark. I never thought of it that way because the third act would not have a lot of meaning if you didn't understand the first and second act, right? In that exactly, case. No, it's really important to do that. Now, again, I want to say that technically it's not enforceable, the preamble, but I think if you're doing something different than the preamble explains, and you can't, and it's okay to do that as long as you have support that you're acting in a safe and sound way. You got it.
1: You got it. All right. So that covers the preambles and the regulations. Yeah. So let's talk about letters to credit unions and particularly in addition to that, the interagency letter commercial credit
0: risk. Mark, can I just make one more comment? So Absolutely. We're, talk, we're talking about the MBL commercial loan rule, part 723. The same discussion goes for the appraisal rule, which was done I think in 2021, it was rewritten and that's part 722. So that's, again, read that preamble and better understand the requirements of the rule. Just a quick comment there, but yeah. So then the next level of support is the letters to credit unions, which generally there'd been some in the past. There's one on taxi lending and there's one on actually MBL waivers, which is still available. And although waivers don't count anymore, there's good information in there on how to manage credit risk. So read through it. Don't be concerned about the waiver part. However, look at how you review credit risk. And then the taxi credit union taxi letter. Again, although taxis are not that big an issue anymore in credit unions, again, there's good risk management guidance in that letter also. And a very important interagency. The NCUA works with the other agencies on interagency guidance. And the guidance provided on credit risk review is very good guidance that I'd recommend everyone read. It's actually a rewrite and made it standalone, an attachment that was to an accounting bulletin from 2006 on credit review. And this updated it. And like I said, made it a standalone. And it's very good on expectations of the board. And then each board at a credit union should be aware of this interagency letter because the board's responsible for knowing the level of risk in the portfolio. And this letter gives guidance on how the board should be performing credit risk reviews. It also does a very good job of explaining what a credit risk rating system should be. So that's, again, keep an eye out for those letters to credit union. But probably the best NCUA guidance for the MBL rule, the commercial loan rule, is the actual examiner's guide. And right after we did the rule and before it became official in January of 2017, there was a team of NCUA commercial loan experts, some with significant other agency regulatory experience, some with extensive NCUA experience and bank experience, and then me with primarily commercial loan experience, we wrote over hundred pages of guidance. And in that, I think it's called the electronic. I always get confused with that, but the, no, it's the online examiner's guide. And that reviews each section of the rule. Again, it's additional support. The preamble discusses each section of the rule, but this also provides some additional explanation and support on how commercial loan lending should be approached by credit unions.
1: That's great, Vin. So I pulled that up as you were chatting here. And so the examiner's guide online, and we'll have links to this that we'll talk about here shortly, but the commercial member business loan examiner guide, this section, of the examiner guide addresses business entity types, board and management responsibilities that you've spoken to, the commercial loan policy that you mentioned, credit risk rating systems, loan administration, collateral personal guarantees and how and when to use those, construction and development loans, prohibited activities, aggregate member business loan limits, state rules, and then exam procedures. So a lot of information there has been pointed out, and we'll have some links to that, both on the podcast and on the blog story for this episode. Very good. So... Beyond NCUA resources, are there any other resources out there that you think credit unions should give a look at if they have a commercial lending program or are considering starting one?
0: Sure. And the other agencies have very good resources. And as I said earlier, we added the commercial loan title to the rule because there's accepted and reasonable practices for managing commercial loan risk. So the support the other agencies have is also very helpful as you determine policy and how to approach the commercial loan risk. And I want to point out especially, and I think most people are aware of them, but the OCC has done a lot of work in managing risk. And this, through they issue handbooks, which are very extensive resources for different areas of risk. And there's probably four or five, there's five actually, that I think are very valuable for commercial loan risk. And one is there, again, we'll have a link to this, the OCC Loan Portfolio Management, their rating of credit risk, commercial loans, agricultural lending, and CRE lending. So that's five separate handbooks that are very, very good support. And the agency has always felt that the OCC handbooks, or I should say the agency felt that the OCC's recommendations for credit risks are appropriate.
1: Yes, absolutely. There's wisdom at the other agencies. And right. again, the body of work, the more you read on a topic, the more you understand it. And that's, again, a good resource. So lastly, been at my company, Credit Union Exam Solutions, you and I have helped credit unions as a third party. Any thoughts relative to how we've assisted credit unions on the commercial lending side that you'd like to share here today?
0: I think we've been very helpful to credit unions to help point them into better understanding what NCUA is looking for, and then also help them understand where they should be accepting of NCUA and maybe how to approach NCUA when the credit union risk management makes sense and needs to be better understood by the NCUA. So I think it's very good as our group... With the connections we have in the agency and out in the in the credit union industry, there's mutual respect and generally we can have a reasonable conversation to settle any issues.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there are instances where we've assisted credit unions that have had examinations going on where NCUA was wanting some things to be required and we basically alerted the credit union why NCUA was requiring them and that they probably were going to have to do them. In other instances, we've been able to say, well, that's one, the way NCUA is suggesting it is one way to do it, but you might be able to try methods A, B, and C, or in some instances, you might be able to say, well, we don't believe that's necessary based on our capital or based on our program or based on some guidance out there that you may be able to point them to. So, We've had some good success in assisting credit unions on the commercial lending side, and that's because of your expertise that we're able to connect with the credit union. So I want to thank you for that, Ben.
0: Well, and- as you know, Mark, since we're so involved with what the expectations of NCOA are, I have found that helping, not writing the policy, but reviewing and editing policy sometimes we don't have to change the credit union's policy, but maybe just give a different perspective or point of view or introduction to a section that's going to make it more acceptable to the NC Very
1: good point. Very good point. Well, any last thoughts, Vin, before we wrap up this episode?
0: No, just a quick soapbox comment. And that when this is all done, I think when you're approaching managing the commercial risk in, in your portfolios, keep the members needs at the forefront. It's really important that you fully understand that borrower, so that you can provide the right financing for the borrower and think of it that way. And, if, and like I used to tell credit unions when they were so focused on the rule, I said, just make sure you meet the borrower's needs, you finance them within their capacity and you're protected your credit union and then look at the rule. And I think probably if you do those things, you've met the conditions of the rule.
1: Very good. Vin, I want to thank you for sharing all this information on NCUA resources on managing risk. And to the audience, I want to thank you for your time today and listening with this episode. And I hope you'll join us next time for the next episode of With Flying Colors.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktreichel.com.